0: Okay, let's say it. The, word the word of God is truth. Is truth. If, I word, if I live the word, I will be blessed. Will be blessed. And, if and if I don't, I won't. I won't. It's just that simple. Tell your neighbor, it's just that simple. You know, before uh, I get into the message, I just, my heart was so touched when I read the newspaper uh, the other day about a story. I, I, I love all sports. And, uh, uh <clears throat> but, uh. Uh, How many of you know who Josh Hamilton is? Probably very few of you. It looks like very few. I I picked up on Josh Hamilton years and years ago when he was banned from baseball for life. And talk about a miracle. Banned for life. As an 18-year-old boy coming out of school, maybe 17, 18, he got, uh, I think, a $6 million contract uh, out of baseball to play for Tampa Bay went to Tampa Bay and, and uh, came from an all-American family, Christ-centered family, and fell into drugs and, uh, and ended up going through several rehabs and, and baseball finally banned him for life. And the Texas Rangers uh, gave him a second chance. And uh, baseball said he could never play again. And through a long series of events and a miraculous vision that he had that God gave him, he saw himself... Leading the all-star World Series home run derby And he wasn't even in baseball. He was sleeping in a in a pit in a in a baseball stadium as the janitor And um, and through a series of events the pat fast forward they gave him an opportunity to play and he ended up in the all-star world all-star game the second year he was in the major leagues and for several times was leading the home run derby I mean he wrote a book and uh, and it's just a powerful book on his testimony of how Jesus came into his life a praying grandmother and 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 he was totally reinstated with the Texas Rangers and I think some of this does really fit into the message come to think of it Because the message is, don't waver on what you believe. Don't waver. And uh, so everything was going great for him and his family. And uh, Los Angeles came to him when his contract was due to expire with Texas. Texas gave him his chance. And Los Angeles offered him a $268 million contract several years ago one of the highest paid contracts in all of baseball. I think it was five years, I'm not sure. And uh, he, he prayed about it and he took it. And uh, he was out to Los Angeles for, I don't know, two, three years and he relapsed and went right back into the drug scene. And uh, this time he didn't wait for Major League Baseball to come after him, uh, he went to them and told them that he had relapsed. And they told him they'd give him a chance if he would go back into rehab, which he did. He's still only 34 years old. And Los Angeles decided that they didn't want him any longer. And uh, lo and behold, I read in the newspaper that the Texas Rangers contacted him and said, we would like to give you a chance at redemption. And they picked up his contract. And he is now playing for the Texas Rangers. And the article was in the paper just the other day, and it said, I have one more chance to make right. And I don't want to honor God. And uh, anyway, I just felt like that was such a heartwarming story because most of your major league sports teams are only about money. They're not about redemption. And when I read that, uh, just turn to your neighbor Said, there's hope for everybody josh hamilton has a powerful testimony and he loves to give it but unfortunately it had to be done away with for a while but i'm believing he's going to come back father we lift up josh hamilton to you out there in texas and lord we thank you that he has another chance and when i read the headline redemption it was oh yes yes we are redeemed from the curse of the of of the law of sin and death and that and that the blood of jesus has set that young man free he's still a young man at age 34 35 whatever it is and lord i just thank you that his testimony is going to be so powerful for your healing restoration in jesus name tell your neighbor there's hope for all of us i, I want to share this message with you on don't waver and and it it is not because of uh, what mike buckmiller is going through uh, because but I, because i was working on the message before but We're going to go to Romans chapter 4 and talk about Abraham in just a moment. But many times we start out doing something in life as younger people. And then as we get older, we're trying to follow what God's plan and God's purpose is. And then sometimes things happen suddenly. And all of a sudden, the situation is not the same as as we thought it was. It's different. And in mike's case he went into the hospital uh, a little short of breath thought maybe he uh, had some heart challenges had some swelling on his hands and had some of the symptoms that can go along with the heart that's not well and did the treadmill and everything looked fine and and did some other things and and they said oh no everything looks fine so you're in the hospital bed one moment feeling great because your heart is really good you thought you might have a problem and then they come in and they tell you no uh, you got a problem because you have a mass in your lung how many of you really? that can cause you to waver just a little bit. Uh, It can can really shake your confidence for a moment because it affects your emotions. And in the Bible, we have emotions, but God wants us to be so focused on the Word of God that no matter what happens, we're going to believe for a good report. But what do you do when the report isn't good? Well, then you believe for another good report. Well, then you get that report, and that's not a good report. Well, then you're going to believe for another good report. Jim uh, uh, O'Brien, Bill's brother, was, I'm sure, believing from the very beginning for a good report. And each time, he probably got a report that maybe was contrary to what he really was believing for. And so then he would then have to believe for another good report. How many of you have some areas in your life where the report is not that good? I'm not talking about just health. I'm just talking about maybe other areas. Maybe you invested in the stock market and it looked like you shouldn't have done it. Uh, maybe, you know, all sorts of things that can happen. How many of you have had some bad reports over the years? And then what happens then is that can shake you. And it can cause you to waver on, well, did I or didn't I or well, should I or shouldn't I or what am I going to do? And you're one thought away from getting away from what God has called you to do. God wants us to live in the realm of the supernatural. And if you're going to live in the realm of the supernatural, then you're going to live by the Word of God written and the current manna that God gives us. This is what I have found out, even in my own life, too. If if I have too big of a disappointment and don't deal with it, I'll waver from what God has shown me to do, even though he showed me what to do. And that every single one of us somewhere along the line have had something that God has shown us that we're supposed to do that was so far beyond us. And because of the situation or circumstance that presented itself, we can waver a little bit and we can pull away from it because we tried to figure out how it was going to happen. How many of you are the figure outers may i see your hands okay you came to the right service because you cannot figure out the miracle working power of god you can't figure out how a young guy age i think at the time josh hamilton was 19 or 20 how at age 20 you receive a lifetime ban from baseball You are told you can never play again, ever, 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 and yet his desire and his dream and what he thought God had for him was to play, but he couldn't figure it out. But the Holy Spirit came back and re-energized that in him. What happens is, if we'll submit to the Word of God, just the Word of God, and do whatever God is telling us, then God is responsible. Now, if you'll get this, it'll, it'll set you free. God is responsible for performing his Word. Does that make sense to all of you? Isaiah 55. God will always perform his word. It will never return void. He'll show us what to do. And then in the process, the power of Almighty God will go into play. That's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, when he was confronted by the devil, man should live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So therefore, whatever God said, that settles the issue. And whatever I see or whatever I can't understand, it doesn't matter. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, it just doesn't matter what you're understanding is now if you get a hold of this message i guarantee you it will change your heart i want to read you the exact scripture in the book of isaiah chapter 55 because i know i know this in a crowd this size there are people here you're going through some things right now. And even as I speak, you're saying, yeah, but you don't know what I'm going through. I don't know what you're going through, but I guarantee you God knows what you're going through. God knows exactly where you are and what you're going through today and what you're going to go through tomorrow. And he knows what you're going to go through next month. And every time we start to go through it, if we'll not waver in our focus and our confidence in Almighty God, then the hand of God is going to move on our behalf. And in the book of... uh, Isaiah chapter uh, 55, verse 11. I think I said 58 a minute ago. 55, verse 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing. Everybody say, in the thing. It shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Now, I, I shared this not too long ago. And and I want to share it again. I hope it comes across correctly or you understand it correctly. You can't just pick up the Word of God and flip to a Scripture and do whatever you want to do. Well, I shouldn't say that. You can do that. But the power of God is not necessarily in it. You can flip to the Scripture and say Philippians 4:13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I think I'll go out and become a millionaire tomorrow by selling Amway. Um, chances are, unless you're one of the very few, it's not going to happen. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with selling Amway, but God is not looking for us to tell him what we want to be. Does that make sense it's a little quiet in here tonight turn to your neighbor and say shake up wake up do something pinch them pinch them right in wherever you can get by with okay now does that make sense to you in other words god you are on assignment from god on this earth it is a military assignment and you are here to fulfill god's plan for your life now god in his infinite mercy says hey if you want to do it your way go ahead But I'm not going to be that closely involved with you because my plan for you is over here. But if you do my plan, it is really blessed. And I'm sure you've heard me say this many times, but John uh, Osteen, many years ago, Joel's father... When this pastor in the church he used to pray and plead with god to bless his plan and all of this he said one day god spoke to him and said john if you just find out what my plan is you don't have to pray so much you don't have to plead so much because my plan is already anointed john was trying to get his idea anointed and god said my idea is already anointed if you just do what i tell you to do and i've learned that the hard way over the years God puts the desire in our heart. We don't tell God what our desire is and what we want to do. Does that make sense? Turn to your name and say, you're here the right night. Now, here, here's, here's what I want to share, share with you because sometimes you're understanding how many of you would not be doing what you're doing right now if you could really pursue what you think Is the will of God for your life it's like a lot of hands okay now I'm not saying stop doing what you're doing right now but there's nothing I know this from firsthand experience there is nothing more frustrating in the world than to pursue something that you know you're not called to do does that make sense you've got to get on the right road of pursuit that no matter how difficult it seems, this is what I'm called to do. And when Abraham was called to leave his area and his family and go where he didn't even know he was going to go and he answered that call, I can so relate to that when God spoke to Pam and I spoke to me and said, go to Tulsa. At least I knew what I was going to find in Tulsa. (laughs) He said, go to Tulsa and you'll find the meaning for your life and i wish i could tell you that i just got in my car and drove off and my flint and faith was so strong we just drove out there and everything was great there was weeping gnashing of tears and everything else because i was wavering all over the place i wanted my wife to stop me i wanted the kids to stop me i want the police to stop me i want everybody to stop me because i thought i was out of my mind but deep in my spirit i knew what god told me to do and i fought constantly with this mind that was trying to understand how am i going to live how am i going to get money where am i going to live what am i going to do for a job what am i going to do for cash flow all this kind of stuff and then one day a door opened here and a door opened there i don't like particularly not being in charge how many of you don't like particularly not being in charge how I many of you would like to be in charge? You'd like to know, okay, I know where my next step is. It doesn't really work that way if you're going to walk in the supernatural. You're going to have to go through this door over here. And you say, why am I going through that door? Because I feel in my spirit I'm supposed to go through that door. And I remember the time when God spoke to me, when that little brochure came across my desk there several years ago now, and uh, it was a little brochure about the Sudan. It was actually a letter about the Sudan and about this guy who wanted to build an orphanage. And instantly in my spirit, all I heard was, I want you to help him. And the rest is all history how the orphanage was birthed by Almighty God through God's finances, through God's plan. But he decided to use this church because we listened and did something that we could not figure out how to do. And as the money began to come in and the people began to get blessed, we gave God all the glory because we only did what God showed us to do. Does that make sense? Now, tell your neighbor, God has a plan like that for you. And you will not understand how to implement that plan but God will and he'll show you how to do it step by step and when God spoke to Abraham Abraham is such a powerful powerful person and by the way Proverbs 3 5 and 6 is a great scripture don't lean to your own understanding just in all of your ways acknowledge God and he will give you direction for your path and that God it, it's it's like and and i know i say this a lot but it's like being in the military now if you're never in the military you say well uh, what what do you understand bill you were in the military you understand you got your you you got your orders you went to alaska didn't you you spent a couple of years in alaska yeah they never invaded right while you were there i spent <laughs> I, I spent two years in hawaii we had a really tough duty <laughs> I started to say you all were paying our wages, but then they weren't even born then, some of them, so I can't do that. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, but, but you'd get your, you'd get your orders, or, or either verbal or written, and then you would expect the money, you would expect the transportation, you'd expect the clothing, you'd expect the food, you would expect your health benefits. You, you would expect everything to be there for you. You never gave a second thought about whether or not the government would run out of money perish that thought today but we we, we, but but i mean that's how many of you guys are in the military know exactly what i'm talking about you never ever got your orders and I wonder if they got enough money to take care of me you just did it that is exactly how faith operates and that's when when abraham did exactly what god said and he left it's in genesis chapter 12 the whole story god counted that as righteousness now here's where we want to go in romans chapter 4 because I believe God's got some awesome things ahead for all of you. In 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 in, in how many of you remember Ed Ward? Remember Ed Ward? He'd only been going a couple of weeks. I guess you would. <laughs> how many of you remember Ed who was here? Now Ed 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 did a great job back there on the sound. And Ed and I went out to have lunch one day and uh and he and he, was, he was telling me what he felt like god showed him about florida well i get excited anytime anybody sees something about florida but uh but anyway he was he explained to me about what god was telling him and i just shared a few things and i came back and pam said edward put on facebook that he just had lunch with you and it just confirmed the things that he really wanted to do and he's heading to florida and I thought, oh, my goodness, what did I say lunch? <laughs> I, I hope he's not following me, because if you follow me, you're going to be in trouble. You've got to follow God. Well, I, I talked to Ed, and Ed felt like it just confirmed what God was showing him. Now, I don't know exactly what Ed's going to do down there, but I know this. He feels to go down there and eventually start a church and pastor a church in that St. Pete area. Uh, now, I'm not saying this like it isn't God. But if it's God, it's going to flourish. Does that make sense to all of you? He won't be able to figure it out because when he left and I asked him some questions, he didn't know. And then I thought when I went to Tulsa, I didn't know. But I knew one thing. I knew I had heard from God or I knew I had heard from someone. But what I heard, I knew I heard. Does that make sense? How many of you know you hear what you hear? This is. These are not hard questions, by the way. How many of you know what you hear? You hear internally. Tell your neighbor, I hear internally. And I turn back to him and tell him, I'm not going to tell you what I hear. <laughs> <laughs> because some of the things you 're not going to tell, but some of the things you better be recording, and you better be ready because that will that will be the thing that takes you from glory to glory. that will be the thing that every morning you get up and you say i 'm excited to get up because I know my purpose on this earth and that was abraham now in 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 uh, Romans chapter four, verse three it says so what, for uh, for what does the scripture say?" Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, that's Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. And then if you go over to verse number 17, because what will happen to many of us is we can enter into what's called a rut in life. It fits. It's comfortable. I can do it. There's nothing wrong, and I'm going to do it, and everything is okay, but deep inside you know you're in the wrong place you just know you're in the wrong place and and if we stay in that it's not that god doesn't love us or god doesn't want to take care of us but we'll miss the very essence of our purpose on this earth and in romans chapter 4 verse 17 it says as it is written I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did who contrary to hope in hope believe so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken so shall your descendants be And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Now, Abraham was told at an older age that he was going to be the father of many nations. How many of you got some things that you believe that you have been told that that you've, you've heard? by the holy spirit or something inside you has just shown you this and it feels right to you that is just absolutely beyond anything you can figure out can i see your hands in other words you got these things in there and what happens then is when they come if we will begin to meditate them if we will record them if we will begin to pursue them we will begin to believe that that is true and we will attract everything in that arena to us that is needed to complete that and then god will see the faith that we have released that we know that we're hoping that what i've heard is from god you know the way you can find out whether or not god told you what you're doing and 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 how you can know for sure it's god it comes to pass And if it doesn't come to pass, you probably learned a lesson. Can I see the hands of all the people who've learned a lot of lessons? My hand is raised. Now, but after a while, we get a little bit sharper and a little bit sharper. A lot of people don't want to make a mistake because, well, what if it's not God? Well, what if it is God and the biggest mistake was you didn't pursue what he put in your heart? You can learn from your mistakes, and if you make enough mistakes you can become brilliant and most of us are becoming brilliant and turn to your neighbor and say he's talking to you now i can tell that <laughs> psalms 119:89 says forever the word of god is settled in heaven so when we're pulling the word of god i went to pam the other day and i and i shared something with her and i said honey this is what i feel like the lord's t- telling me i said would you pray about it she says well yeah she prayed about it and she said How are you going to do that? I said, I have no idea. I just wanted you to pray about whether or not you thought this was what God said. Because I cannot ever figure out what God is telling me to do. Because it is beyond me, and you can't either. And that's where we don't want to lean to our understanding. And most of the time, the leaning to our understanding is the finances. And the other day, when God put in our heart... To help rebuild that church in Nepal, it's going to be an $8,000 project, going to be another $5,000 project on top of that to take care of the food, the blankets, the clothing, all the things they have need over there, and the tin for the monsoon season that they're in right now. All of a sudden, we have something that we don't know how to do, and at the time, we didn't know about the money. But all we knew for sure was, all I knew was, in my spirit, I felt like the Lord said, I want you to help them over there. And then we talked to the trustees, and they were all in agreement. And then I said to someone I don't remember who, I don't know anybody in Nepal. And then through a series of events, we get a call from Bonnie Beadle out in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and says, Deborah Strong is in Nepal deborah strong i remember her she was a vbs student years ago when we were out there 40 some years ago 30 years ago and she's in nepal we talked to deborah and she tells us exactly what she needs how to do it she's our eye she's our focus she's there in the center of the epicenter of where the earthquake was and she knows exactly what needs to be done in one moment's time everything is accomplished now my mind was starting to waver How are we going to do it? I don't know anybody over there. What am I going to do? And all of this. See, lean not. Everybody said, lean not to your own understanding. So all we have to do to open the door of heaven in the whole situation is to let the blessings of God flow to come into agreement with what he says. And in verse number 20 and 21, it's so powerful. It says about Abraham, he did not. Waver at the promise of God. He did not waver. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that whatever God promised, he was able to perform. Now, I know what's going to happen right now. How many of you believe? That God's Word is his promise and that whatever he says to you that is a promise from God and how many of you believe that God is well able to fulfill all of his promises therefore once we have a word from God we know that we have everything that we have need of is that correct so we would never want to waver But yet, sometimes we do because obstacles and situations and circumstances. When Pam and I went to Tulsa, there wasn't one single thing in my mind that lined up with what I thought God would do. We had no money. We had no place to live. And everything seemed to get worse and worse and worse. But sometimes when you're moving out with God, the storm clouds come in. And right in the midst of the storm is the greatest time to grow exponentially in your faith than any other time when do you draw closer to god when you've got all the blessings of god on you and overtaking you or when you're on your knees saying oh god if you don't show up today i'm going under and we're going to read in just a moment about the disciples going across to the other side but i want to give you the definition of waver i don't know about you i think i do but i know this i have to constantly fight wavering and it's not, a, it's not a word I think about a lot. It's like wavering. I don't go around thinking, well, I'm, I wonder if I'm wavering today. But but when I saw that word, I felt like the Holy Spirit quickened it to me. The key was Abraham refused to waver. It means to become double-minded, to go from one decision to another, and to show indecision. Many people are very decisive, indecisive because they are wavering constantly. They can't make a decision. How many of you know somebody, it's very hard for them to make decisions? I know a lot of people like that. Matter of fact, one of the biggest challenges people have is indecision. It, when you're indecisive, it's usually because, well, what if I do this or what if I do that? And then you just you vacillate back and forth. James says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. People who waver are double-minded. One time it's this, one time it's that. I'm not going to do anything. And then they just lock up because they're not moving out, because their mind is clicking back and forth. Your mind should never waver from what you think God said. Does that make sense? Let's just say my mind should never waver from what I think God said. And so if we lock in like a flint on that and we refuse to waver, then the promises of God are going to come up on us and they're going to overtake us. Now, in in Romans, uh, excuse me, in the uh, uh, Matthew chapter, uh, Romans chapter four, verse eighteen. We're right there. Uh, and verse number eighteen is an interesting scripture. It says, "Abraham, God calls things that are, do not exist as though they did." Then it says, "This talking about Abraham, uh, who, uh, who contrary to hope, in hope, believe." That's almost like a redundant statement. Who contrary to hope, in hope, believe, so that he did become the father of many nations. In other words. He had hope that God said that and what God said, but he didn't have hope because it didn't make sense because of his age. At age 90 or eventually age 100, you're past what would be normally childbearing areas of your life, yet he had hope in God in spite of the fact that he had no hope with his understanding. Does that make sense to all of you? In other words, there are things that God will show you that are beyond you, but your hope is in God and what he said, not in how you can figure out how to do it. Does does that make sense to all of you? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm getting it. Even if you're not, turn to him and say, you're getting it. That'll pacify me. Okay, all right. Now, uh, I want you to turn to, to the book of Matthew because life is full of things that can cause you to waver, and 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 the contrary circumstances. It said it said that that Abraham, contrary to hope, was in hope, and that the word contrary is an interesting word. And in Matthew chapter fourteen. Let's read what it says here. It's about the story about Jesus walking on the water. It's first number 22 through 33. But basically, uh, Jesus told the disciples to get into the boat, go to the other side, and uh, and he sent the multitudes away. And then he went up to the mountain. Uh, He uh, sent the multitudes away, and then he went up to the mountain to pray. And when evening came, he was alone there. Now, the disciples were doing what God told them to do. How many of you have ever started to move out on what you thought God told you to do, releasing your hope in what God said, and then found out that all hell seemed to break loose? Well, it was your perspective whether or not it was all hell breaking loose, because if your focus was on what God said, then that's all that matters. And uh, and so it said, the boat, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by waves for the wind was contrary. Now, there's that word again. The wind was contrary. Now, on the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a ghost. They cried out in fear and immediately said, be of good cheer. It's me. Don't be afraid. And then Peter, impetuous, said, Lord, if that's you, command me to come out of that boat. How many of you would like to get out of that boat you're in right now? Okay. You ask God. He'll bring you out of that boat. Jesus said, come, and when Peter had come down out of the boat, he did exactly what Jesus was doing. He walked on the water. Now, the waves were what? Contrary. The waves were contrary when Jesus said, get out of the boat. The waves were contrary when Jesus walked on the water, and the waves were still contrary as Peter walked on the water. But all of a sudden, instead of focusing on his hope and what Jesus said, come and looking at Jesus, what did Peter do? He decided to look around, and he took his eyes off of the leader who was calling him, and he looked at the waves, and what did he say? He saw waves that were contrary, opposing the boat, and the direction that the boat was supposed to go in. And it said immediately when he saw that, he began to sink and he cried out to the Lord. And God rescued him. Lord, save me. And what did Jesus say? You would think he said, oh, Peter, I'm so glad I saved you. I'm so glad everything is okay. No, he looked down at Peter and said, oh, you have a little faith. Why, Why did you doubt he didn't get a pat on the head and say, Peter, you made 10 yards. What a great guy you are. No, no. He really chastised him and said, oh, you have a little faith. I mean, he didn't get any comfort. He didn't get any rewards for getting out of the boat. He didn't get any rewards for walking a little bit on the water. He became chastised by the Lord because he lost his focus And he looked at what was contrary. And as I thought about that word, I kept hearing that word, contrary, contrary, contrary. This is what it means. Something that is opposed is opposite. It's altogether different, unfavorable. It's constantly resisting. It's always disagreeing. How many of you know some contrary people? You know, you know, people can be contrary, too. It's like, hey, it's really nice out. No, it's going to rain. Hey, what do you think about the weather today? <laughs> it's going to get worse. Uh, how you feeling? I felt better. I don't feel good at all. You all know people like that. Now, it's not that they want to be that way. They have developed a habit. They see things negatively all the time. They see things in a certain vein all the time. No matter where a conversation starts, they will take it down. I got something in my neck. Huh, my aunt died of that. Yeah, no, in other words, you, 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 those are people who have embraced contrary things. And the devil walks about as a roaring lion with contrary things to this book. I'm going to do a series in June. I encourage all of you to be here, or at least listen to it. It's going to be on the original intent. The original intent, we're going to talk about God's original intent for your life. If you, know, if you want to know why you're on this earth, come on these four Wednesdays, and we're going to talk about it. But we're also going to talk about not only our original intent and individual original intent, but the original intent for this nation. Leading up to Bill Federer coming on July the 1st, I believe that is. And, uh, and it's going to be a wonderful time for Bill Federer. Do not miss that night. But a nation represents people. And, 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 and I've heard people say before, well, I don't agree with anything that's going on in this nation. You're part of this nation. This nation represents you whether you want it to or not. Well, I don't believe that way. I'll do something about it. Otherwise, you're represented by the direction this nation is going and if we don't rise up and change it we are at fault god is holding i believe with all my heart the christian community responsible for the condition of america and if we don't rise up and do something about it i believe god is holding us responsible it says my people called by my name will humble themselves and pray. He's not talking about the sinners changing he's talking about my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and if we're waiting for the sinners to change, we've got a long time to go. We've got a lot of sinners. They're always going to be around. But the body of Christ should be leading this nation. Now, gotten off my notes here. But you know contrary people. And what happens is it says this in Proverbs 13, uh, verse 12, that hope deferred makes the heart sick. There are a lot of hearts, sick hearts in the body of Christ today because they're not doing what God's called them to do. And if you do things long enough that you're not called to do, you will get into that proverbial rut. You will be unhappy with life because you're not being fulfilled. Fulfillment doesn't come from money. doesn't come from position. doesn't come from things. Fulfillment comes from doing what you were meant to do. And there's a book that I read years ago. That really in influenced my life. It's the life story of Franklin Graham. It's called Rebel with a Cause. It talks about how when he got on drugs and doing all sorts of perverted things and, 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 and stuff, and he says, Some of what I just did to upset my dad. This is Franklin Graham, or Billy Graham's son. And it says, Some of what I just did to upset my dad. And he said, No matter what I did, I could never, ever, ever get my dad to stop loving me. He just loved me. He said, Franklin, I don't agree with what you're doing, I don't agree with your lifestyle you're always welcome in my home but i cannot become in agreement with you he said everywhere i went i couldn't get those words out of my mouth out of my mind that my god that my dad loved me no matter what i did but he did not approve of what i did and one day he gave his heart to the lord And now he's the heir apparent to the Billy Graham Ministry Organization. He's the president of Samaritan's Purse, doing great things all around the world because somebody refused to give up on him. And he said, my destiny was to do what I'm doing today. My destiny was to touch the people of the world. And when we get into our destiny and we start to pursue it, it changes things completely for us. the word contrary means to have the opposite effect. In other words, the effect that you want to have is that I have faith because my hope is strong. Faith is the, uh, hope is the, uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Hope is not faith, but without hope. You will never have faith because hope is the foundation of faith. And that's why it says in Proverbs, once you let go of what you're hoping for, then you will start to entertain something that is contrary to God's will for your life. And, and you might say, well, what happens when you get a bad report? Accept it, take the disappointment, and move on, but move on for a good report. Does that make sense? See, a lot of people want to rebuke a bad report, and doctors get bad, bad, uh, people get upset with doctors, and all doctors do is tell you what they're trained to do, and thank God for them. If you've got a mass in your lung, you better have a good doctor to tell you you've got a mass in your lung. Don't rebuke it and say, I rebuke you, doctor. I rebuke that mass, and I walk out of there, and you've got a mass in your lung. If you've got a mass in your lung, you've got a mass in your lung, but you need to do something about it. You release your hope. Well, I'm disappointed that I got the mass. yes. That's understandable. Now let's release our hope for the healing power of the mass. And there are people who say, well, I had to have a lung removed. Well, you had a lung removed. Now let's have hope that the other lung moves. There's always something to hope for. Does that make sense what I'm saying? What happens is you will lock up on your last disappointment of hope well, I hope for this and it didn't happen. Hope for something else. Hope, don't stay where you lost hope because when you lose hope, your heart starts to get sick. Your heart starts to harden and you stop using what God has given you to become what God's called you to be. Does that make sense to all of you? Let's stand to our feet. God has great things for each and every one of us in As I was praying about this message on original intent for all of our lives, there's a way to know what you were intended to be on this earth, and it's never too late to be it, never too late to pursue it. But the winds that are blowing contrary to what God wants are winds that can season you for what God wants you to be i saw this plaque one time don't know where i saw it if i ever saw it i'm buying it but it said "It was a wall plaque it said a a calm sea a calm sea never made a skillful mariner every mariner every pilot of a ship learned how to pilot that ship maybe some in school but he learned it in a storm He learned how to sail in a storm. You can learn how to sail on a calm sea. But until you've been through a storm, you're not that experienced person. We all go through storms. And many people lock up in their last storm, and they just kind of coast after that. But if you'll get through that disappointment, and that's why many times I have shared with, with people, deal with your disappointments quickly and move on. Because if you don't, they will be contrary winds blowing in your life. And they will compromise in you. You'll do it, but you'll compromise the Word of God. And the power of God will not be flowing the way you want it to flow. And it won't be flowing the way God wants it to flow. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? All over this church, I want to ask you this question. If you died tonight, do you know that you would be alive and well with Almighty God in heaven? Maybe you're here and you're like a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter. You you know you've walked away from the things of God. God loves you, but God is calling you back to Him. He wants to take away all of the sin and all of the baggage of the world. And if you're like that prodigal child, It's time to get right with God. And all over this church, if I've described you and you'd say, Pastor, I know you're talking to me. I I know my life is not right with God. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand, and we're going to pray for you. Yes, I see your hand over there. We're going to wait while the Holy Spirit moves. Just between you and God, you either know at this moment that if you die tonight, you'd go to be with Jesus or you don't. And if you know it, then that's where you're headed. But if you don't know it, you are not headed to heaven if you would die tonight. Because the Word of God says our spirit bears witness with the Holy Spirit that we are sons and daughters of Almighty God. One more time while we're in prayer. Is there anyone else you say, pray for me? I know my life is not right with God, but I want it to be. I'm going to ask that lady that lifted your hand if you would come down here with me. Ushers, would you help us all the way back there in the back? That third, fourth row. Yeah. Long walk all by yourself. Yeah, keep it up. Keep it up. This is why we exist, to bring people to Jesus for the first time, to reunite people with Jesus, and we thank God for your being here. Let's all pray this prayer together. Stretch your hands out here toward this sister. Let's pray this prayer, and we're going to pray with you tonight. Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins. I've sinned and I've missed it. But tonight I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. Ask you to come into my heart and take control of my life. The true desire of my heart is to serve you. Now, Father, I thank you for all of the plans, all of the purposes that you have for my sister nothing has changed from your perspective you still have those plans and those desires that you placed in her heart even as a young girl they're still there they're still there and i thank you lord that you will show her you will give her direction you'll give her purpose and that starting tonight this is a new life dedicated to your glory for your plan. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody.